listening to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with your host, Buddy Sotelo Esquire, Evan Ginsberg, and now in frame, wrestling's first and premier ultimate photographer, Mike Lino. So, what do we have on this evening's bill of fare for our wonderful fans tonight? I first want to ask Evan, because you and I, Russ, are on the West Coast. He's uh, on the East Coast. Uh, I heard there was a tornado in Long Island. Tell us about that one first before we get into wrestling and the arts. Uh, the tornado whisked away all the rabid Republicans, and it was considered <laughs> very beneficial to our area. I heard nothing about it because uh, all I'm really interested in life is uh, the arts and uh, pro wrestling. You know, a few things are as important. How big is Long Island, though? Because isn't Queens part of it? You know, I haven't been there in a while. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, Long Island is a huge area. I mean, the Hamptons, where all the rich folk are, that's that's two and a half, three hours away from me. They should have called it Large Island. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's, it's huge. And um, um, I, I'm, I'm not an island person. I'm a Manhattan person. And yeah, that I is was, one thing, is that those are very separate cultures, you know, from... I mean, it's almost the difference between Southern California and Northern California as far as, like, attitudes go. And Staten Island is where uh, many, many of the uh, Republicans, that's the only place by me that they voted for Trump, Staten Island. Really? Okay. I did not know that about Staten Island. Oh, yes. Everyone Staten just Island, told me don't go there when I was Staten in New York. Staten Island is also home to the Wu-Tang Clan, so uh, that's the good part of Staten Island. <laughs> is there anything to actually see in Staten Island? Is there actually any kind of major landmark or anything that's... Well, Statue of Liberty, Statue of Liberty is there, right? Statue of Liberty that's is really, island. really shared by New York and New Jersey. Um, yeah, it has its own island. It's what? It has its own island, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it, 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 uh, you don't actually, it's not part of any part of New but York. Isn't yet. it near Staten Island, though? Um, yeah, relatively. Um, it, look, I, um, I, don't, I don't mean to get off on a, uh, on a political tangent. I'm, I'm, I'm really kidding. But um, Friday night, I was at a comedy club in Manhattan, and my friend Nico White was headlining. Mm. And, and um, he's 28 years old now. I know him since he's a teenager. He started at 15, and he used to be on all my old shows. And the kid is brilliant. He's not a kid anymore. He's pushing 30. But yeah, me, we had him on Legends when he was still a teen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, he's going to make it. He's he, um, he was talking about the possibility of a Netflix uh, special, but. You know, COVID hit and put everything on hold. And but um, this this guy is this guy is a world class comic. He he packed the place on his name, and um, you know we meet a lot of people along the way. And it's funny, I, I I have a good eye for talent, and I always and Michael vouched for this. I'm not just I would I would say Mike. You know, Homicide's going to make it. Loki's going to make it. Mick Foley's going to make it. You know, I go back with Mick Foley to when he was working indies and sleeping in cars, you know. I was one of the first people to cover him. And I'm telling you, for comedy, 
this guy Nico White is going to make it. Trust me. That reminds me because I sent Taz a bunch of pictures of him when he debuted in ECW, but also him on Savoldi Indies with the long hair as the Tasmanian Devil. He wrestled Chris Benoit uh, with the long hair in 94, uh, early 94, I guess. I, I, I might be a little bit wrong on the dates when Benoit debuted there. And, uh, you know, so I came across something from the very first weekend of Champions Convention, I think it was 1990, and uh, Bill Apter introduces me to Taz, Pete Sinurch is his real name, and Taz hands me a CV, a resume, written resume, very well done, and a couple of 8 by 10s of him as the Tasmanian Devil, and Bill goes, Mike, we got to put this guy over, he's going to be great, and I was thinking of Evan then uh because that's what evan did and uh i think i even called you like a, a true to life broadway danny rose <laughs> like a real this was like when i first met evan whatever that was 88 89 something like that late and, 50s and, yeah and he was a discoverer of real talent uh in all genres music and and everything else and uh, you know well, when he had his legends tv show and you know that that's a decent topic for us to you know maybe spend a few minutes talking about and and saying you know what what it is that allows us to identify who's going to make it in well i'll business. tell you i'll tell you one it's sheer talent but it's combined with incredible drive because and this, this is not an opinion. This, this is based on fact. The vast amount of talent in any industry is not going to make it. They're not going to make it. So you have to take rejection upon rejection again and again and again and keep coming back. And hardship. Not, oh, you have yes. to deal with hardship all the time. You're going to get sand kicked in your face constantly. You're always going to be having people tell you, you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not, you know, you, you, you aren't, this other guy is better than you. Or this other lady has more talent. You won't it either. You just won't get bookings, you know, if it's wrestling, for example. Uh, and, uh, you know, so you really have to now, sadly, or with all this insane uh, internet, you know, obviously I'm talking social media, Twitter, Instagram, and all of those things, TikTok, you, you almost have to, uh, be your own PR agent. And who, tra who teaches people this stuff? Any genre. It's you reinventing the wheel or reinventing the wheel, whereas others are not going to, maybe they don't know how to teach you, or you don't know how to find that info out. So you just have to, like you said, trial and error, you got to do it yourself. The other thing is older folk like ourselves who, who were not brought up with the technology, it's like an Achilles heel. I mean, I see people doing absolute, you know, garbage as far as wrestling, you know, the clickbait guys and the, they're just, you know, basically repeating what Meltzer and others are saying. You know, and and these guys, some of these guys are making good money. It's it, and it's just garbage. You know, it has nothing to do. Is it wrestling journalists? How many of these guys could actually write? Can you count it on two hands? Guys who are actual writers. I well, mean, it's, a lot of them craft these uh, newsletters or these either online or they email daily newsletters, and it's verbatim, word for word, 
you know, what Meltzer or Alvarez. Yeah, that's what I'm after. saying. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. How can they make a dime that that's... Kind of... Because they have the tech skills to, to bombard the internet and get get the reads, get the clicks. And, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, there's not a lot of great writers in pro wrestling. I mean, it's, it's a bombardment of information for the most part. They go, oh, he's great. And I'm like, well, he's not a great writer. <laughs> it's great information, maybe, you know. And some of it's suspect but uh plus you know what i watched like for example i watched uh they were some marathon of three older reels uh documentaries you know the, it was an autopsy one that i saw i'm sure we all did on china from uh last year 2020 on reels and then they had one i didn't even know i'm guessing it was fairly new on randy savage and then one earlier this year i didn't even know or read about that on the Benoit, but I'm bringing this up because you've got some people that are like just fans sometimes and they must heavily market themselves. You know, they're not journalists and they're sitting there commentating on some of these things or, you know, they put out a book and, and then they're commentating on, you know, whoever Benoit and I'm just going, give me an effing break. At that's least kind of like the, how the internet's the great equalizer. I mean, I'm not trying to, to, to throw ourselves under the bus. But I mean, you know, we're just kind of doing the same thing ourselves as far as putting something out there and just giving our opinions. Of course, you and, and, and Evan are, are highly qualified. Me, maybe not so much. I mean, a professional wrestling I've been manager. Around, I don't think, you know, I mean, Evan's been around too. I've photographed wrestling probably in nearly every country that's allowed it, Canada, Mexico, Europe. Japan, Australia. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying just like everyone has the ability to create something now and put it on the internet. And so even those that have, you know, limited uh, uh, qualifications don't need to do it. You don't need a license or we anything. Need, we need a, uh, what is that thing for movies uh, where you get all of the, the uh, actual legit critics to review something um like a board like a film board or no, something. what is that thing called evan the, the tomatoes rotten tomatoes we need oh, rotten tomatoes. yeah so-called wrestling journalists to separate out the fanboys as evan calls them oh i wouldn't want to see our rotten tomatoes rating that would break my heart i was uh, i was on the internet today and um a guy post was tito santana a mid-carter or a jobber, and like my blood pressure skyrocketed. I, I used to see Tito headline the garden when Hogan wasn't there against Valentine, have have tremendous matches. Wasn't he Tito, like the only wrestler to be in like 13 straight WrestleManias? I, that I don't know. I but, think he was, I think it was like in the first. He was probably the first. I think Russ was right on that. But in the 70s, before Hogan even was brought in, the first time as a heel managed by Blassie in like 79, Tito had held the world, uh, tried yeah, to get the tag straps twice already with the, forget who, with maybe Putsky was one. Tony and, Atlas was the other. No, it was Gurria. No, no, no. He didn't hold the tag straps with Atlas. He held it with Tony Gurria. So I'm Tito Santana? Tito, Tito Santana in the late 70s, you know, from about 77. Oh, it was Santana and Putsky. They yeah. were the tag champs. Yeah. But, but anyway, so so I saw Tito. It was Tito and Bruno 
against Savage and Adonis in a cage yeah. headlining the garden. Yeah. So, so you get, you get, you get, it's on YouTube if you ever want to watch it. Um, it was great. So my point being, here's a guy who is a great worker, you know, gave 110%, was a champion, multiple champion, intercontinental champion, tag team champion. So you get some idiot who just goes, was he a jobber? You know, and then other idiots chime in because they, they know him from the 90s when they put that stupid matador gimmick on him. And, you know, it's like he was a tag champion in Houston. Excuse me. He was a singles and a tag champion there. Star he, everywhere. Uh, yeah, he was champion everywhere. Before I forget, though, the one thing that's of value on the Reels channel is the RVD little documentary he had, you know, made. But it is good. And he is Quite comical. Anyway, Ev, go back to what you were saying there. Sorry. Well, my, my point is, day after day after day, there's an incessant pounding and tearing down of legends and late legends for sport. O over the past couple of weeks, I'll give you for, for examples. Um, Roddy Piper was overrated. Andre the Giant was overrated. Bruno was overrated. They yeah. hate Flair. They hate Flair with a passion. Flair was overrated. I'm like, you guys could not have seen these people live in their prime. Well, here's the thing that, that I don't get, is that when you and I and, and Mike were younger guys, when we thought back of older wrestlers, we actually thought pretty fondly of them. We actually respected them, the Luthesses of the world and the, and the uh, uh, Killer Kowalskis. I got to work with Thes and Ganya. I was yeah, Ganya, you know, I mean, you look back on those guys and you didn't ever say, well, geez, you know, uh, uh, Harley Race is just so much better than, 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 uh, 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 you know, Luthes or, or Carl Gotch. You know, there was never this talk that, that like, right, right, right. You, know, you know, that, that there's this, this weird, like, comparison that my generation's wrestlers have to be better than your generation's wrestlers. Right. Or what you no, watched was a crappier product. It's not comparing apples to apples or anything. Each of these generations is is different. And the territory days, the 70s that Evan and the I style. saw. The style. The wrestling style was completely different. The wrestlers are doing now, there's limited psychology. Not all the time. Because that pay-per-view, the AEW pay-per-view, which I can talk about briefly, excellent. And Jay Lethal, that's the first go over for People him. are going crazy over it. it announced. People are, are really, people Jay have talked more about the AEW um uh pay-per-view what i'm saying about styles it's it's at times with some of them like the young bucks for example and i watched them since they started it, it's more high spots and and that sort of thing and you cannot compare that to johnny valentine putting a headlock on jack briscoe and getting the audience to go out of their minds for 17 minutes that would not fly today but what they <laughs> It would be nonsensical then. You can't compare them, so you just have to compare the eras or a given year. Because you look at AEW a year ago, that pay-per-view compared to now, AEW is completely different, you know, in tone. Or you look at a year ago, and Brian Danielson, you know, did wrestle uh, Rusev many times. I forget how many times, twelve times, and they split it pretty much down the middle in WWE but with a fresh coat of paint and both of them different, you know, Brian Danielson, his real American dragon self. And as Miro, there was interest in that. I don't think I gave a shit about any of their matches in WWE because there was not the 
great, and I'll say this with Tony Khan's booking of remaking, making Rusev like he's one of the few real, true, legit heels in the biz, other than MJF, who's incredible. And he went over last night in the opener on, on that pay per view, which is I urge everybody to watch it and get it. And for a while there, I was going to email you guys. It was like the first match of it was for free. I hadn't ordered it yet. And I was sitting there watching the buy-in, the, the women's tag match, which was great. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm getting to watch the MJF-Darby Allen match. And I go, oh, I was just going to order this thing. But then it stopped, and I had to order, pay for it. But I thought, oh, I'm going to alert you guys. Maybe they aired, and we're going to get the pay-per-view four-hour of it free. But the the, the styles are, are far different. And, you, and even where you were... Uh, the Australian wrestling was quite a bit different than the stuff going on in India or South Africa or South America. And, uh, head and shoulders totally different than Canadian, uh, U.S., Japanese, or, or Mexican wrestling, in, even in the 70s. So you can't compare any of those things in a, a time period, let alone multiple time periods. You know, what we have today is different, and it's great on its level. This works. Like this works this works both ways. You have the old school dinosaurs who do the, um, there's been no good wrestling since the territories. None. Zero. How ridiculous is that? Everybody AEW are just spot monkeys. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. It's like ECW. You had some of the violent stuff, but there was some great stuff going on that was non-violent. Uh, so there are quite a few different styles going on. Yeah, and obviously somebody like Benoit had to wrestle hardcore against Sandman or... Uh, I'm the kind of guy that never gets enough of wrestling. You know, when the wrestling is good, I can watch any amount of it by any federation anywhere from history. And I can enjoy it because that's who I am as a wrestling fan. I mean, if you get me, you know, some old match on YouTube, I'll probably watch it. And if you show me something that's from modern day wrestling that's good, I'll watch it. It's not a matter of like what era it is. It's whether what you see. You show me a Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask match. Any one of those matches. That looks good in any era. That's a great-looking match of two incredible athletes. You want to see, like, Brett the Hitman Hart against Randy Savage, for instance. That's a good match for any era. That's a good match, you know? And it can go back. You know, you could see Ray Stevens against the Crippler, uh, against uh, uh, the Crusher. And that's going to be a fun match to watch. Any era, it is. You know, um, or you're going to see one of Pat Patterson's old matches. So I don't understand why people just say that because it's from a particular fit, it's going to automatically be bad and something that you don't want to watch. I don't know where the whole gang mentality, uh, you know, WWE is great and AEW sucks. AEW is great and WWE sucks. I mean, they're promotions and they have positives and minuses. And... But I always say the same thing about WWE pay-per-views. There's two or three very good to excellent matches, and the rest is filler, vanilla, any other thing you could rhyme. It, but there are usually two or three very good matches on a WWE pay-per-view. But 
And and AEW blows them out of the water as far they as they had the eight. They had they had eight Russ, you gotta tell who's ever having a wrestling match at your place, you gotta tell them to cool it on the noise. Yeah. The background noise is killing us, uh, Russ. It sounds like somebody, uh, like I said, they're having a uh, ra- uh, King of the Rattlers, uh, Baby Rattlers death matches. But there was like eight matches that were at least four stars on, you know, if you want to even buy into rating system, the star rating system bullshit. There, Even Meltzer, I believe it was Meltzer, did some survey that <clears throat> by and large, the vast majority of WWE fans that are diehards do not watch AEW. However, AEW fans and diehards a great percentage of them also watch the WWE products. So they are, I don't want to say maybe more sophisticated in taste, but I'll go ahead and say it. And I'm sure they watch New Japan and probably MLW and NWA and Impact and the whole thing, which uh, is almost like a job having to watch that because there is wrestling every night. And on Fridays now, two hours of SmackDown and then an hour of uh, the Rampage show, the, the secondary AEW show, which is where Tony Khan is so smart, he's working for the future. He's putting on the younger talent on there. He's not loading it up with CM Punk and Omega and Young Bucks. No, it's the younger guys. And Dante Martin is the breakout star of the week. If you guys watch that, this guy is an incredible aerial guy. And he grew up loving Tiger Mask, as you guys were just talking about, or Russ in particular. So... You know, it's a good, great time to be a wrestling fan. It's it's not when people say some uneducated people on all kinds of shows, even busted open. They say oh, this is like the territory days. No, they are misguided because I live the territory days. All you know, the great sixties, the fantastic seventies, Evan seventies and eighties, uh, before Vince swallowed everything up. <clears throat> and it is not but it is great in its own way. It's it's different, and thank God we have all these great promotions, and now we've got, you know, fantastic promoters uh, versus, you know, like when there was just really WCW, uh, WWE, WWF, and ECW, there were a shitload of indies all over the place. They were not, they were great, some of them fantastic, but they weren't territories, so that's different. Today's... Indies, well, it's not even indies. Are we going to call MLW uh, an indie? No, they've got weekly national TV and NWA the same. Let me just say one thing about AEW. Um, I compare AEW to the Ring of Honor of the 2000s when they were at the peak, when they had um, Brian Danielson, Nigel McGuinness, Morishima, uh, the Briscoes, Austin Aries, you know, Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa Joe, Tyler Black, aka Seth Rollins, Kevin Steen, aka Kevin Owens. I compare AEW to ROH from ten or so years ago. Um, Mark Smith TV. also and 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 yeah. Sarah Del Rey were yeah, on oh, bring up honor on steroids with bigger money. Evan, let me do, let's just single out uh let's say Samoa Joe or, I mean, Homicide was there. It was so loaded with talent. Um, But maybe tell, you know, those guys are, or Seth Rollins even, did you enjoy them more in Ring of Honor before they became, you know, they went over to WWE and, you know, even with- Far more, far more. I don't think, I don't think Daniel Bryan touched what he did with Nigel McGuinness in Ring of Honor. 
I, that was like Flair and Steamboat, Dory Funk, Jack Briscoe. I don't think he did anything in WWE all those years yeah. that compared to that. And um, Kevin Steen and El Generico, uh, Sammy oh, Zayn. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Kevin Steen, I enjoyed him at the Ring of Honor shows that I got to shoot. Oh, well. he, was, he was. They brought him into Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, the Ring of Honor of the Left Coast. And man, he I never seen anybody like this who would be wrestling a guy and doing his own commentary, holding the mic in one hand and, you know, dragging the guy all over in the ring and outside the ring and, and commenting and talking and interacting with the crowd on the mic or being just booming and loud and talking to the audience while he's wrestling. I've never seen anything like this before. And this guy is just so great. I would love it if he'd go to AEW. In fact, all of WWE's great talent, I wish they would go in there because Tony Khan, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't have an unlimited pocketbook, but he can bring in folks. I think what, what Tony Khan is doing, and you guys can, can correct me if, if I'm in the wrong direction, but I think he's creating a more sustainable product than what Ring of Honor was able to do during its prime and ECW. But look at Ring of Honor's strength. Evan can speak better than I can, how they had to reinvent themselves. Anytime they got pilfered, even if teams grabbed talent or WWE or whomever, uh, they would consistently, you know, I mean. I don't think it's going to flow the other way. That's, you know, you, you just pointed it out. That 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 uh, Ring of Honor lost a lot of talent to the WWE, who then of course squandered it, and now has released pretty much everybody that had anything to do with Ring of Honor. You know, at some point in time, um, whereas AEW is picking up this talent and doing more with it, and I'm amazed that they're able to absorb that much wrestling talent and still be able to put together a cohesive storyline and or product. Well, some some of the talent though gets you know they have their little moment to shine like Abaddon the female doing the crazy act and then they because they have so much and they don't they have yes. a limited amount of airtime a week yes. three hours total you don't hear or see them for uh, you know a while or they you know they they get a little bit of time then they're put aside you know they have the main guys that you'll see but. You know, that's why they have dark and elevation and they have these shows online so you can keep up with what they're doing. But ev- I think that's more sustainable yeah. than, than what we saw with Ring of Honor and what we saw with uh, 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 some of the other feds. The beauty of a- the beauty of AEW is you'll you'll have great technicians. Then you'll have a, a bloody revenge match. Then you have the women. Then you know. Then you'll have guys who are a little more cartoonish, but uh, in a good way. It, it's a great mix, like Ring of Honor. It's a great mix. Whereas in WWE, it's it's just like this flat line of vanilla for the most part. I'll give you an example. I, I could give you more than one example. I go to W. I go to WWE at the Garden. Kevin Owens is wrestling Brock Lesnar, and I'm like chomping at the bit. This is going to be great. And it's like a three-minute squash where Lesnar Lesnar just beats him. Okay. Then they got Randy Orton and AJ Styles. I'm like, these these guys are great workers. This should be tremendous. And again, it was just like a, a throwaway match, instantly forgettable, maybe three stars, you know, and, and I'm like, God, AJ Styles and, and, and Orton could do better than this if they chose to. 
you know, and well, it's also, yeah, the that's tells them to do. It's what the agent tells them. They have X amount of time. So it's so heavily scripted. It went 15 so minutes and it wasn't anything special. Some of these matches, the intro is longer than the actual match itself. Well, that's, the another thing. that's another thing. You're at the garden and they'll, they'll have like six, a six man match. And the intros take up half the time, uh, you know, and it's it's just like throwaway. I, I, I saw a six-man main event where they marketed The Undertaker's back at the Garden for the first time in seven years. So The Undertaker's on one side. Kevin Owens is on the other side. If you put a million dollars in front of me cash, I couldn't tell you who those other four guys were because it was meaningless. It was just a bunch of guys they slapped together. I remember uh, Baron Corbin was there because I kept going to myself, I can't believe this guy's main eventing Madison uh, Square Garden. Uh, you know? uh, but okay. the other three guys, I could not tell you. If you put all the money in the world, if you put Tony Khan, Vince McMahon money in front of me, I couldn't tell you who was in that match because it was just pablum. Was there anything good on the show or is it just the same formulaic stuff? That's what their TV is. You can almost tell, I can tell when I can go to the bathroom or go get a drink of water uh, if I'm watching it live. And most of the time I'll, you know, uh, put it on, go do something else and I can rewind it. Like a novel. You, for in, in between some of the, these things, you could be, you know, riot penning, you know, the next great American novel because it's, it's, uh, there's so much gap. It is a total formula. And you know when somebody goes out of the ring and you know the way Cole, yes. whoever the announcer is, they're they're going to commercial. And they always do. You know, some guy gets tossed out of the ring and you, there'll be the same verbal thing. Uh, what's going to happen to so-and-so? And, you know, and there's always some shit, stupid comedy bits thrown in that there. funny. How many people are jobbing? You know, they have this fantastic women's wrestler. She's a big girl, uh, Piper Nevin, who's now Dewdrop in WWE, and they've done nothing with her. They give her a little... Well, they let her job. She's, and then, she's, then she's jobbing out. And then Ricochet. How incredible, Ev, was Ricochet on the indies, and he's just jobbing. He's just a jobber there. And they, you, What is the point of even going there? Or Yeah, you know, and when I think of uh, Galloway, you know, what they did with... Uh, um, McIntyre. Well, McIntyre, but also uh, the Bullet Club when they brought uh, 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 Galloway and Styles. They never. They could have put. They could have had a battle with AJ Styles against Finn Balor. Uh, yes. Who's going to be the friends of the Good Brothers, or who is going to run them? They could have done all kinds of stuff based on New Japan, and the audience would get it. And yeah, or just, you know, import that is. feud and keep it going. Uh, I, go, I go to Madison Square Garden. Elias comes out to sing, not to wrestle, to sing. So who comes out? The Good Brothers. They're singing with him, like, like, like it's the Temptations or the Four Tops. And then they didn't wrestle. And I'm just like, I'm going to put a bullet in my head. That's how, that's how miserable I was sitting there at this circus. Let me let me say the other side. Every once in a while, the stars will align, and I saw I saw Bray Wyatt against Cena, which was very good. Bray Wyatt against Reigns, which was very good at the Garden. But just so numb by the time the one good match comes on, it's almost like an endurance contest. And the funniest story was um, 
I don't know if I should say the name. Bob Johnson, he's a good guy. I love Bob Johnson. He gives me comps to the garden for um, a SmackDown taping. And I'm like, I just walked out. I, I walked out in the middle. I'm like, I'm numb. It's it's blaringly loud. It, it's like it, it's like the the kitty. It's all. It's a sea of kitties and their parents. It, it, it's it, it was. They're back to appealing to kids again, which is a, a, always a terrible period for them. And let, let and me. It doesn't appeal to my kids. Yes. Let me say. You know, I'm the one with kids here, and and it doesn't appeal to my kids. They don't really care that much because there's it's in that it's sense. It's smart. It's catered to dumb eight year olds, not not smart ten year olds. Yeah, and and it's just you know it it it's it, it's because when wrestling was doing that back in the '80s and succeeding, when the WWF was, there was still kayfabe. You could get away with kayfabe and people still had that plausible deniability that you could um, apply to wrestling, which doesn't exist now. It seems weird to try to, you know, look for adult dollars because, you, you, you know, it isn't, uh, 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 you know, we they just announced the WWE package for WrestleMania and you can pay up to $20,000 now to let go. Me, let me, since you mentioned this, let I'm going to do my spiel, and the, the venom will pour out. Okay. Four nights, WrestleMania, $20,900 for a package, a four-night package for two people. $20,900. By the way, this segment episode is sponsored by WrestleMania tickets. Okay. House show, Madison Square Garden, December 26th, 31 to seven hundred six dollars ringside. Seven a house show, not a pay per view. Okay, Big E versus Bobby Lashley, seven hundred six dollars plus fees. Madison Square Garden, and and I'm gonna be fair about it. Everybody's raving about AEW full gear, one thousand five hundred dollars ringside. It damn well should be good. It should be good. Well, it is. But I'm just saying, fifteen hundred dollars for a wrestling ticket—that takes balls too. Come on, come on. Yeah, it's not the the family stuff. At, at my home base promotion, from about sixty-seven, sixty-eight on, uh, kids were three dollars, adults five. And yeah. we're talking Blassie Tolis. We're talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. When the NWA champion would come in, they'd raise ticket prices like two dollars. You know, both for kids, adults. When Dory Jr. would come in against the Sheik or Blassie or Mil Moskras, you know, the, the horrific fee of $12 to sit ringside for an adult, and you'd see something far more entertaining, you know, well, than anything Vince has done in a number of years. It's just. My, my brother and I went to see WrestleMania 2 at the LA Coliseum, and our tickets were 15 bucks each. We were all the way at the very, 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 very top of the LA Sports Arena. But, you know, hey, it was uh, we got to see it live and it was 15 bucks each. So, you know, talk about uh, inflation and the and the price of doing business. Did you get some pictures of like the wrestlers or celebrities coming in or out of the building or anything like that? With my Kodak Instamatic? No, I did not. Too no, bad. back then, uh, I, that's all I had. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there and. Um... I have a theory, I, I could be very wrong, but I have a theory 
that not all these wrestling fans are quote unquote rich. Okay. And, and when you're charging those kind of ticket prices, I'm betting some of these guys have an addiction, like a gambling addiction, like a drug addiction. Not everybody has $1,500 to burn on a wrestling ticket or $706 plus fees, plus fees. But you know, some poor schmo, that is actually like, you know, some poor guy that lives in mom's basement, you know, he saves up all his nickels and dimes and and collects a bunch of aluminum cans and, you know, uh, uh, sells a bunch of meth or something like that. And, you know, (laughs) yeah. And, 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 and then that's his highlight for the entire, for maybe his lifetime, you know, that's how pathetic. I just know how when they, you see or hear, uh, you know, like that, WWE special, it lasted a couple of Sundays uh, this past summer on collectibles. And they go into people's homes, and the guy's living in his mom's basement, but he's got a zillion action figures. And those things are expensive. They're not cheap. Some of them are $29, you know, if it's a tag team duo. It's expensive, so I don't know. Yeah, you say, you know, they live lives in quiet desperation. I don't think they're that quiet. You know, they, they, they need they, to get a life. They need to get laid. They need to go to movies. They, as Evan would say, they need to go, you know, support the arts. They go see a great concert or something like that. They need to actually, I, I should, I'm not shilling for it, but it is. Well, it doesn't show up on that. Unfortunately, it's like. Annual, can you see it? The PWI. No. It looks like you're throwing fire like the original Sheik. That's what we're saying. Well, this is PWI. It's the first time they've ever had a women's 150, where 150 women are ranked. Oh, there. I know you can see it. They actually do, with the new editor, it's primarily Japanese women. I would say at least 50% of the, the women, as you would expect if you were doing a legit best women of the past year. Uh, and it is very cool. Uh and and now it's it's far different. They have an actual legit, not a made up, but a shoot interview with Renee Paquette, the former Renee Young, uh, who I don't know why she has. Well, she's got that baby and she's, you know, helping her husband through rehab. And they moved back from Vegas to his home state of Ohio. So but I would look for her once he's all said and done and fixed and back in the company to do some commentary for them. It's uh, odd that it's getting to the point where the women's matches are intriguing me more to watch. And it's not a sexual thing. It's because I find them doing better performances than a lot of the male performances these days. Or they're at least putting more into their matches. And it's harder to, to predict how the match is going to come out. And it's a little bit more, be- it's better storytelling than what I'm seeing from a lot of the men's matches now. I'm betting, I'm, I'm betting that the fanboys who do the fuck, marry, kill post, it's, it's a sexual thing. It's not about the holds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Charlotte, uh, 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 Bailey, or not Bailey, but, uh, uh, geez, what's her name? Uh, the man, anyway, the man, Becky, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch and Charlotte, they have a work shoot going on that most all of us know that that was work, that they have some heat going on, and that's why they were throwing the belts on SmackDown. Well, that's going to carry through to this upcoming pay-per-view for them, which, I mean, it's not even like the old Survivor series where they would be all teams, five against five or four against four. 
you know, now it's like they just have like one old school team match, elimination match, and the rest are the usual things. But now the last couple of years, champion versus champion. But they will carry that through, and that's going to be – they're going to continue to work on that till Mania and the same with Brock and uh, uh, Roman Reigns is they'll carry that through, and that'll be – so those will be your two main events. I've barely paid any attention to Survivor Series. I, I, it used to be one of the premier a- events for the WWE or WWF back in the day, and it's it's now really just maybe a Raw or a SmackDown with one or two matches that would be beyond what you would normally see on a Monday or, or a, you know a Thursday night or Friday night. You want to watch some good stuff. I know you guys probably don't watch it. There's too much wrestling on a week, but you should start catching Impact on Thursdays, at least the main show, because it's loaded with New Japan guys now. They've got Minoru Suzuki, uh, the Good Brothers, who you know really got their fame as a team over there. Uh, they've got Finn Juice. Uh, some more Japanese guys are coming. The rumors of Okada is going to come in for a big tour for AEW, possibly do a shot here and there for impact so the impact they sell my pals the reno scum on there sorry no they haven't worked in probably a good eight months oh that's really too bad you know scum guys no they they now are being benefited by tony khan's aid almost in helping because impact the roster was kind of pathetic uh you know at various times and it's weird because it's just like they'll clean house and there's never anybody hardly that lingers other than uh you know one or two guys but uh you know eddie edwards is like the only guy that's been there a couple of years now sammy callahan stayed around but he's injured but it's it's loaded with new japan guys and then that one big doofus from all japan uh so it is worth watching and it's a pleasant surprise it's not aew great but if you only had to watch three shows, I would watch Impact and two AEWs and, and you know blow up WWE. You might want to fast forward through SmackDown. There's some good stuff, but it's really essentially just Roman Reigns and Heyman. And, and that whole thing, that whole angle will be playing out with Heyman. Who is he going to end up with, Brock or Roman? So, and that's kind of fun. But that's all they got is one thing on in the whole promotion. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Well, there's nothing that... You know, it, it is just so formulaic. You could miss a few weeks, and you wouldn't have missed Jack Squat. Yeah, I don't feel I would. I um, I, I I stopped watching Raw in 2017. I stopped watching SmackDown before that, and um, my life has been just fine. <laughs> yeah, well, I like something you have to hear from some of these other guys that on the internet. Because the Brian Danielson. Uh, stuff the Minoru suzuki it's been off the charts eddie kingston eddie kingston ev what can you tell us about eddie uh did you get to see him on a lot of those shows because that guy is I, just saw, I saw eddie kingston on countless new york new jersey indie shows and he was always a great talker and he was a solid wrestler i i don't think he's as good as homicide i don't think he's as skilled as loki you know technically but uh the guy's a solid okay. Solid wrestler, great talker, charisma, and he just comes off as real. I mean, he comes off as a tough guy that we would know, you know, in a rough neighborhood. And there, there's no bullshit with him. It's like, that's the guy, you know? And uh, I always liked him. I always liked he's, him. He's incredible. And, 
the match with Brian Danielson out of this world. I mean, AEW has had some, all the match of the year candidates for American promotions, it's basically AEW. It's just off the charts. And we should say now the new AEW champions, Hangman Adam Pierce, that bout alone off Adam the charts. Page. Adam Page. And Kenny Omega is, his shoulders have been totally messed up. Uh, he, like a day before, he was with some famous chiropractor trying to help him. He couldn't even lift his arms over his head. And the match he delivered last night, oh, uh, it was really, really good. Great storytelling. Well, he could rest up. They're so, they're so talent rich. He could rest up for a couple months and they'd be fine. I mean, yeah. He's got to drop the AAA title first. He's still the mega champion of AAA. Uh, and then he can really truly rest, get the rest he needs, and the, then he'll be, come back as great as ever. Hopefully, we'll, we'll at least see one match with him and Okada in AEW on American soil. It'll be great. Who I'd like guys see Ramos uh, in, in AEW. Bo Ramos. Uh, what, how would he fare in AEW? Oh, no, I'd like to see him in AEW. Bo Ramos, Jimmy Lennon, uh, Mel Mascaris. I'd like to see yeah, Johnny Mil Red. Who's get the Luke. ring. Mill would, would probably still get in the ring if you gave him a chance to. Mill um, does. He stuffs. He wears a, a, a couple of layers because he's lost all his musculature. I mean, he's getting up there. He's like 77, 78 now. But I, I watched him in San Jose maybe five years ago just stuffing and putting the padding in so he'd kind of look like he had some musculature. He can't run the ropes. You know, he just can't do it anymore. And it's so depressing for me because he was like the most exciting guy in the 70s. I'm sure Evan, the matches with superstar Graham, you know, just off the charts. I mean, Graham was not a great wrestler, but in that environment and Madison Square Garden with Moscaris, you know, off the charts. Plus he's the most recognizable luchador for, you know, the non-luchador fan. I mean, Mil Mascaris' mask is as iconic as anything else in lucha wrestling for the standard. You know, it's the Hulk Hogan look, you know, with the headband and the and the and the tearaway t-shirt. I mean, he, he really cemented his global status when the IWA, the Eddie Einhorn thing, started in 75. And Ev, I don't know if you're watching TV then, but that was so I much. I was. I was. Um, so lucky to have shot those uh, Beacon Theater, the TV, but the the outdoor Roosevelt Stadium, because uh, Einhorn, et cetera, they couldn't get into the New York or the Garden or anything. So they went to New Jersey, the outdoor Roosevelt Stadium. And oh, I saw Ernie Ladd against Victor Rivera at the Beacon for the IWA. That was great. I wanted to know from you guys, in your opinion, who do you think is going to be the breakout wrestler that was let go by the WWE in its recent cuts that is going to inevitably go to AEW and be a star? Who do you think has the greatest chance? I if have any, very if brief. Any. Keith Lee, uh, uh, what's his name? Wyndham Rotundo, who was uh, Bray Wyatt and uh, uh, Killer... Oh, God. Carrying Cross? Carrying Cross. Those three guys for me. Ev, who, how about you? Um, I saw Bray Wyatt headline the Garden um, twice, and he's got, he's a total package. He's got charisma, great gimmick. He can wrestle. He can brawl. He can talk. I mean, I, you know, it's very rare you get a, you know, they used to call Lex Luger the total package, but. 
you know, he, he was he, he wasn't really he couldn't talk and couldn't wrestle. Yeah, well, he, he he was actually pretty good in the NWA. WWE was awful. Yeah. I, his motorcycle accident, he was never really the same. Worst worst main event I ever saw in 47 years of attending was Lex Luger against Ludwig Borga for the WWE. It was I like the worst Borga. main event. Really. I liked Ludwig Borga. He he was absolutely insane. You know Not about like his, yeah. you know about his life after uh, after wrestling, right? He was a politician, and then he wound up uh, committing suicide. He passed, away. he passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, 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 and that reminds me, my worst interview that I've ever had was with Lex Luger. Um, he came to Sacramento at the end of his Lex Across America tour. So I was like one of his last interviews and he was so, I've never had an interview with somebody more checked out in my entire life. Nothing but yes or no answers. Even though I was not asking him yes or no questions. He was still giving me yes or no answers. And he was like watch checking and head rolling and like, you know, every kids were going up and trying to get his autograph and he just, he had just had it. He was so uncomfortable in that Lex superstar type, you know, super American role that they had, the all-American Lex Luger thing. He was absolutely not buying it. At the end of that tour, he was just bleh. That was the just absolute worst interview. Well, Evan, back to the question, though. Uh, did, had you seen any uh, Keith Lee stuff? Because in NXT, he was phenomenal. And when Vince brought him up to the main roster, if you haven't been watching Raw, it was just I, I saw him on indies in New York before WWE signed him, and I'm like, yeah, this guy's got it. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't think he was as good as Bray Wyatt, but maybe I didn't see him, you know, enough for right he, he had some great main events. He was uh, the, the actually he held both titles at the same time, the North American and the NXT Men's. So he really had ramped up from his evolved days, you know, which is where Darby Allen came yeah, from. That's where I saw him. I saw him on the evolved cards in New York. Yeah, yeah. Those, those had to have been great shows, you know, uh, wealth of talent that would become stars later on. Uh, I enjoyed them. I didn't think they were quite as good as Ring of Honor in the Nigel McGuinness era, but um, yeah, compared to that, yeah, they they had some real good matches, real good guys. Um, uh, I, look, I mean, I just threw out the number. After 47 years, I'm just jaded. So unless something is great, really great, um, you know, it's just another night to me. But, um, um, you know, even with AEW, there's a difference between a four-and-a-half-star match and a three-and-a-half-star match. There's a big difference. So, you know, when you see Okada and Kenny Omega for New Japan, that, that's a legit five-star match. Well, Meltzer would give it six because it's in Japan. But, but the point being, I mean, you know, there's different levels of great. So, um, I mean, you know, how many times have we seen the Usos in WWE, you know, put on their three, three-and-a-half-star match, and it's solid, it's good. But the next morning, you forgot about it. You know, it's just not great. There's a difference. There's a difference. And, and and then you're watching the same guys in WWE for 15 years. How many times? you And they suffer from same five moves syndrome. You know, Reigns is going to do the uh, boom, boom. Yeah, you know, the spear. 
It's like the same five moves. And and it's like they're required to do the same five moves. Well, plus they can't do anyone else's moves, whereas many other promotions, I won't just throw out AEW, but they, they can use another guy's finisher or whatever and incorporate it in the match. And it's not so strict and, and almost limited in scope uh, of what, you know, you have these guys do. Or It's true. Yeah, they don't ever allow them to just flat out do some actual wrestling wrestling. You know, it's all got to be like, you know, oh, well, the fans saw you do you know, a, a Russian leg sweep, you're going to always have to do a Russian leg sweep, you know, three quarters of the way through the match. They've ruined Ray Jr. Ray Mysterio Jr., who I saw when he first started. Yeah, yeah. they noted him. But he just, he has X amount of the moves and the, you know, not just the 619, but whatever the other one is called. And it's, it's just a misuse of him. Even when you saw him in Lucha Underground, he was able to go back to being Ray Jr. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or WCW Ray Jr. And um, they just don't want him to be too Lucha. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, you don't want someone to be, you know, too black or, you know, too Jewish. Yeah. You know, you want, you want yeah, something that, 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 you know, if, it, you know, it's got to be the Taco Bell version yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of Mexican wrestling. They shouldn't even they shouldn't even sign the lucha guys because they just squander all of them. They wasted all those guys, Grand Metallic. These guys are all great. They wasted them. That guy, what was his name uh, in in the uh, CMLL? He he was so much bigger. I mean, uh, Andrade was La Sombra, the first guy I ever saw to have an earring on his mask, uh, but. Uh, you know, you know Grand Metalik. Oh, come on, and I think they let those guys go. They, yeah, they let them go. Yeah, one of them, the the one guy who was starting to be turned heel out of the three. You know, when it was just the two, and he came back. He just debuted as a face with uh, uh, one of the AAA guys as a tag team for AEW. And man, who knew this guy could work like that? It was like back when he was on the Indies. Uh, just, lucha, lucha. It's just like they, they, they dumb it down for like kids, little kids. It's like, come on, let these guys go. Let them go. You know? All right, well, Russ, you didn't answer me as we're winding down here. Who would be your superstar picks? Because, you know, at the end of the next quarter, the winter quarter, they're going to let go a bunch of guys from WWE and AEW is going to swoop in and, and just cherry pick. You know, another one I, I should have thrown out there was the former Taya Valkyrie, Frankie Monet. Who they let go? AAA Women's Champion. She's done all of this stuff. Wrestled in Japan extensively in Mexico. And AEW should pick her up. What a great coup that'll be for their women's division, which is already terrific. Well, I I, I was really surprised that Nia Jax got let go, and I think you know, granted, she has stiffed a couple of of the workers that she's no, worked her against. She's injuring other people. I don't think. But any, I think gonna, with the right training. She could be a really, she could be an Asia Kong type of of impact on women's wrestling, and I think you know they they need to. The WWE just didn't do much with her as far as giving her the right in ring training goes, and I I think that that she just needs that because the WWF was more interested. Uh, WWE was more interested in pushing her as you know this sort of just awesome physical force type wrestler. And the WWE has a terrible history of guys like that, from uh, Ahmed Johnson 
to uh, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. I keep saying it. it you're, when you're there, you're wrestling for an audience of one, just Vince. And that's what, when he saw Keith Lee, he completely told him, no, you have to work. I, I'm saying it's, he might have had agents tell him, you have to work Vince's style, a big man style. And that's what Nia Jax was doing, you know, big woman style, but basically the same, the big man style, applauding. I think AEW has the opportunity to reshape her and make her into well, what she probably should have been. Nice there, uh, you know, that large uh, female athlete they had that uh, uh, she was already uh, their women's tag champion who dropped the, the strap to Sheeta. Uh, who's managed by Vicky Guerrero. They already have somebody like that. If they bring in Nia Jax and they give her some extra training and then they throw her against her, that, that'll be something. Yeah, it would be a much better use of her than she got in the WWE. It, so, always, it always goes back to caring. You have to care about the quote-unquote characters. You have to care about the angle. You have to care about the match. In WWE, I mean... Why would I care about Dolph Ziggler 15 years into his run when they have him lose thousands upon thousands of matches and then they like snap their fingers and all of a sudden he's on top again or whatever? Because why they're paying him I... four million dollars. That was another thing. I'm just thing. saying, but why would I care? You know, they, they just want to get their money's worth. You in, know, that's a- all they care about. In AEW, you know, when Cody you know, is wrestling his brother, you go, I care. This is interesting. This has emotion to it. You know, you have to care. I was watching boxing last night on the zone and, um, and, and showtime. And these underdogs were fighting like their life depended on it. And they were really competitive and showed a lot of heart. And the audience turned on the hometown guys and were rooting for the underdogs, because they cared. You know, it's a story. This guy's a 10 to 1 underdog and he's fighting his heart out. You know, so, you know, you you can, you can, they're having uh, Xavier Woods against Roman Reigns. Why would I care? Please, please. You know, it's, and there's you, nothing and you about know what the outcome's going to be. And so before, exactly. the event, before the bell is even rung, you're like, I can script what's going to happen there. You know, I know what's going to happen. And then the sad part is you watch it and exactly what you thought was going to happen happens. Not a single surprise. That is, I guess, the problem that I really have with the WWE is that I can see stuff coming a mile away and it goes completely the way that I thought it was going well, to. Let me ask Mike this because I have no idea. What's the deal with the gambling on wrestling? Because we could pretty much figure out the results. What's up with that, that Mike? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it should be outlawed. They do have Vegas stuff. I don't know who takes these bets or what, but it's become a thing in the last at least two, maybe three years. The betting. I mean, we need to figure out 10 out of 12 WrestleMania matches the result. <laughs> Why don't we bet on it? I, what's yeah, the deal okay, with that? Some big money. Nyla Rose was the name I was thinking of. Russ, it's pronounced Aja Kong. Aja Kong, who I've, I've shot her multiple times at Corican Hall. Uh, we should say, too, of the last Sunday of November, the first Monday, excuse me, the first, you know, following Sunday is going to be off. So 
Russ and I'll uh, we'll get some find some fabulous guests, and then the uh, even notice that, that that Evan's gone. Well, why don't you get Why don't you get some jabroni and just like mock them the entire hour? That would be a different kind of stuff. I've got I've got a few that might work, but no. yeah. off the last Sunday in November, the first Sunday in December, and then I'm going to take two weeks off. That's news to you guys thereafter, and then I don't know what we'll and do. I never get a week off. Yay! <laughs> I never get a week off. But, but I, I, that's because I'm addicted we to We should all bet on uh, at least WWE. AEW can't predict. You can't predict anything other than WWE, so we should all make a fortune doing that. How much money can I win betting on Roman Reigns against Xavier Woods? I gotta take that bet. <laughs> can I take a bet on like the WWE's ratings dropping over the next few well, that's what I'd like to put a bet on. It's, it's, all right, you guys. Good night. Combate Kurasai. And, all right. Uh, good night, everybody. Right. Good, good. <laughs>